Armed with Truth is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Welcome to Armed with Truth, a podcast for youth. I'm your host, Lisa Bruneal. My goal here is to empower the youth of today to become a sin-resistant generation. You youth are bombarded by Satan's temptations on every side, especially when it comes to immorality, lust, and pornography. I want to talk about truths that can strengthen you, safeguard you, and bring greater power into your life through the Savior Jesus Christ. Let's get started and be armed with truth. Today's episode is all about the truths surrounding weakness. Ask yourself, what is Heavenly Father's personal message for you right now in this episode? The Holy Ghost will testify to you of the exact message Heavenly Father has for you right now today. So many of us struggle with feeling like we just aren't enough. Maybe you're struggling with sin, struggling in school, struggling with family or friends, or struggling with a specific weakness. You might feel not smart enough, not athletic enough, not spiritual enough, not rich enough, or fun enough, or righteous enough. And in this world with so many responsibilities and tasks, and the expectations of parents and teachers, coaches, leaders, God, and ourselves, you might feel like there's just no way to do it all. There's no way to be enough. There's no way to be everything you're supposed to be. These feelings can be overwhelming to the point that they begin to have a severe impact on our spiritual, emotional, and even our physical health. They can keep us from experiencing peace, contentment, and joy. The opposites of peace, contentment, and joy are turmoil, discontent, and despair. And I know without a doubt exactly who it is that wants me to feel those feelings. I'm sure you know too. It's Satan. The truth is, we are all imperfect. We have flaws and imperfections. It's what the scriptures call weakness. And weakness is the topic that I really want to talk about today. Here's what the guide to the scriptures says under weakness. The condition of being mortal and lacking ability, strength, or skill. Weakness is a state of being. All people are weak, and it is only by God's grace that they receive power to do righteous acts. This weakness is manifest in part in the individual weaknesses or frailties that each person has. 
I like that it says weakness is a condition or a state of being that we all have and that weakness is manifested individually. So we all have weakness. And what that looks like in each of us is different. We might have different frailties or imperfections, but we are all weak, all imperfect. I feel like we should take a minute here and talk about the difference between weakness and sin. They're easily confused, but actually very different. When we confuse them, we might experience unnecessary shame. I know that I've had that before. Christ's atoning power applies to both, but in different ways. So we just learned that weakness is a condition given to us by the Savior. But sin is different. Sin is willfully going against God and his commandments. Sin doesn't come from the Savior, like our condition of weakness, but rather we are enticed into sin by Satan through temptation. When we sin, we can come unto the Savior in repentance and receive forgiveness through his atonement. As we discuss weakness, we will learn that weakness is not something we have because we did anything wrong. It is a necessary part of mortality. But the atonement can still help us, especially as we deal with our own imperfections and frailties, which are our individual manifestations of the weakness we have in our own lives. We can bring these manifestations of weakness to the Savior in humility and faith and receive strength through his atonement. Understanding weakness will help to strengthen and safeguard us in today's world of challenges. To learn and understand more about weakness, I want to take the scripture Ether 12:27 and dissect and discuss it. Let's start off just by reading through it. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. My favorite part of that scripture is that it tells me where weakness comes from. The Lord is speaking, and the scripture says, I give unto men weakness. That means that weakness comes from Jesus Christ. He gives it to us. So, as I said just a minute ago, we are all weak and imperfect. And drumroll here for the take-home message. We are supposed to be. Christ gave us weakness. He created us this way, and he did it on purpose. Accepting that I am supposed to have weakness brings me so much relief. True acceptance of that doctrine that my weakness was meant to be and that I am not a damaged or broken or flawed child of God helps wash away the shame of so many comparisons and so many times that I've failed. It's a truth that's hard for me to remember, that my weakness is supposed to be there, but also one that I don't ever want to forget. I want to accept it, embrace it, and remember it whenever I need it. The light and the beauty of this scripture just continues as we further examine the next words because immediately following the beautiful truth that Christ gives us weakness is the answer to why. Jesus knew. He knew when he told us that he gives us weakness that we would immediately wonder why. Why would he create us lacking ability, strength, and skill? 
Why would he make us susceptible to developing weaknesses and imperfections? Why would he make things so hard? And he tells us, immediately he tells us why. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. Enlightenment. Now, of course, we have to look deeper at the word humble. So let's go back to the guide to the scriptures. It states under humble or humility to make meek and teachable or the condition of being meek and teachable. Humility includes recognizing our dependence upon God and desiring to submit to his will. I don't know about you, but I think, wow, Christ gives us weakness so that we are meek and teachable and so that we recognize our dependence on God and desire to do his will. Have you ever heard the saying that pride is the universal sin? Pride is the opposite of humility. I think we could also say weakness is the universal humbler. Well, I'm not even really sure that humbler is a real word, but I like the sound of it. God gave us the condition of weakness so that we will develop the opposite of pride and be humble. So we will realize that we can't do this life alone. We are powerless. We will realize that we are less than the dust of the earth without the Savior, and we will recognize our need for him, for his atonement, and for his grace. We will know we need to depend on God, and we will desire to do his will. Having weakness will make us humble enough to remember God and do what he wants us to do. And this is the only way that we can receive salvation and exaltation. So Christ gave us weakness ultimately so that we can be exalted. I can just simplify it for myself and the rest of you and say Christ gave us weakness because he loves us. In the next words of the scripture, he tells us good news. Actually, it's better than good. It's glorious and beautiful news. We read the words, My grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. We may have weakness, but Christ offers us grace, and his grace is enough to swallow up not only my weaknesses, but the weakness of all men. If we go to the Bible dictionary, we can better understand grace. Under the heading of grace, we read, The main idea of the word is divine means of help or strength, given through the bounteous mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? So grace is help and strength from Christ, and he gives it to us because he loves us. We can do so much more through the grace of Christ than we could ever do on our own. It is enabling power, and through the grace of Jesus Christ, we can become enough, enough to grow and learn, enough to become like him, enough to receive eternal exaltation. The grace of Jesus Christ is enough. It's enough for you and enough for me, enough for us all if we just humble ourselves before him. A friend once told me about an experience she had concerning just this thing. She was feeling overwhelmed by life, completely inadequate and broken, and she went to Heavenly Father in prayer. She poured out her heart to him and told him all of her struggles. And she said, I can't do it. I'm just not enough. And then in her mind, she heard the Savior say, you're right. You're not. But you don't have to be because I am. I am enough. 
That story has stuck with me. It has helped me to remember Christ's power, his grace. It is bigger than all my weaknesses, all of my trials and challenges. It is bigger than the weakness of all men. The next words of the scripture read, For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Here, we move from talking about weakness as a condition to talking about specific weak things or individual weaknesses. It's a subtle change in words, but it's really important to understand because Christ is not going to change or rid us of our mortal condition of weakness. We need that. Remember its purpose to humble us, which ultimately can bring us to him. Instead, he is promising to give us his grace or to send us his strength and his power to help us with the individual manifestations of weakness or the imperfections and frailties that we experience. You know, the ones that are so frustrating, so hard, so difficult to live with. And he promises to make them strong. That is a promise of miracles. Miracles for you and miracles for me. Things we do not have the power to do ourselves. What a powerful promise. And the wonderful part is that Christ gives us the exact directions that we can follow for him to work these miracles and experience his promise in our lives. The directions contain two actions on our part. First, we must humble ourselves before him. Now, we've already talked about the humility that comes naturally because we have weakness. But to humble ourselves is a little bit different. It refers to an individual action on our part. The action of choosing through our agency to come to the Savior in meekness with a teachable heart recognizing our need for him. I think it's important to remember that it's a choice. It's also important to remember that humbling ourselves is different than humiliating or belittling ourselves. Repeatedly tearing ourselves down brings shame. And if you recall from previous episodes, shame makes us turn away from the Savior rather than toward him. Instead of humiliating or belittling or tearing ourselves down, we can come unto the Savior in a more gentle attitude of self-compassion. We can remember the beautiful truth that we were given weakness to bring us to him. As we recognize or notice our individual weaknesses and we remember that Christ provides a way to make them strengths, we can choose to come unto him with a heart that is meek and teachable. This choice is centered on our agency. When we are overcome by our individual weak things, we can choose to take action. And part of that action is to humble ourselves and to seek help from Christ. The second part of Christ's direction is to have faith in Christ. Again, this is an action, a choice centered on agency, a choice to take action. The Bible dictionary states true faith always moves its possessor to some kind of physical and mental action. So if we have faith, we will come unto Christ because we believe in his power. That means we believe he will help us. Coming unto him, turning to him in our weakness, is an action 
that centers on our belief that he is real, that he cares about us and loves us, and that he really will give us help. It centers on our belief and hope in the grace of his atonement. As we follow the directions of both humbling ourselves and having faith in Christ that are listed in the scripture, he promises us in, in return that he will make weak things become strong. It might at times feel like that's impossible, but it's true. As I have studied the scripture, I've discovered that this promise of Christ that comes from him can be fulfilled in multiple ways. He may make things weak things strong by helping us overcome a particular weakness altogether. Through our efforts to turn to Christ and through his grace, we might learn over time to develop skills and abilities that help us overcome flaws or imperfections, things like impatience, procrastination, or even being quick to anger. Sometimes Christ can even almost instantly change our weak things into strengths as we come to him with humility and faith. I've tried to develop a habit of asking for help with some of my weaknesses in my morning prayers. I counsel with Heavenly Father and I ask him, which of my personal weaknesses am I likely to face today? And then I'll just kind of think about the things that I have planned for the day, the places I'll be going and the people that I'll be interacting with. And usually I am at least reminded of one unhealthy behavior that it's in my nature to resort to in my day. I ask Heavenly Father then to help me recognize that weakness and any others that I might encounter. And when I do encounter them, I ask for help to surrender those weaknesses and choose a different way or a different behavior instead. Through that process, I've had many powerful experiences in response to prayers just like that. One particular day, I was really angry with someone. I'd made a plan to write it all out, to just get some therapy, writing things down. I was going to write everything that this person had done to make me angry and every attribute about them that I didn't like. I was prompted to pray before I began, and when I asked for help with my anger, the Spirit prompted me instead to write down all of the good things that I could think about that person. As I began to write, love poured into my heart, and my anger actually dissipated. Christ may also turn a weak thing into a strength by teaching us to manage or bridle a weakness and guiding us along until it becomes a strength. Sometimes that process is very long. It can even last a lifetime. One of my sons has particularly high energy that he sometimes finds hard to manage and contain. One night, he tearfully told me, no one in our family likes me. They think I'm too crazy and annoying and they don't want to be around me. I was prompted by the Holy Ghost in that moment to tell him that even though his rambunctious energy is sometimes hard to manage and hard for those around him to handle, that it is also one of his gifts that Heavenly Father can help him to learn to manage it and use it for good. Although it has not been an easy process for him, 
and the process is nowhere near complete, he's working on it. And I know that it can and will happen through Christ's grace. He can turn that weakness into a strength. And as his mother, I've been reminded often of that prompting that I had that night, that this rambunctious energy is also one of his strengths. Another way that Christ can make our weak things become strong is by guiding us to use our weaknesses for something good, thus turning something difficult into a strength and even a gift. Some of you may know my friend Nathan Ogden. In his early 20s, as a young husband and father, Nathan was involved in a skiing accident that left him paralyzed. Instead of letting his weakness of physical disability keep him from living a full and happy life, he has found ways to use it to strengthen others. He's lived an incredible life of service. His family is part of an organization called Chair the Hope that delivers wheelchairs around the world to people in need. I was texting him about this episode and letting him know that I wanted to mention him. And here's what he replied back. What if what we perceive as being our weakness, that we are trying to make a strength, is actually our strength from the beginning? Many people look at me and think of my paralysis as a weakness and see many of the good things I've been able to do with this disability. But I tend to look at it a little different. Because I am quadriplegic, that allows me to do many great things that I may never have done without it. It puts me in a completely different position of strength I may not have otherwise had. Being paralyzed is not a disability, just a different ability. Being a quadriplegic is my strength. My weakness is having the courage and drive to do something with it. Nathan has become a motivational speaker. He's a loyal husband and father a great friend, and an incredible example to others. These are just some of the examples of ways that Christ can turn your weaknesses into strengths. As you apply the truths about weakness that we have discussed into your own individual life, I know that you too can receive Christ's promise. You don't have to feel overwhelmed by your imperfections and flaws And for sure, you don't have to feel shame that you have them in the first place. You don't have to feel like you can't measure up or be all that you need to be. You don't have to wonder if you are enough. You can know that you are living life exactly as God intended. You're experiencing weakness and being humbled. And you can come to the Savior with humility and faith and partake of his grace. You don't have to be enough. Because Christ is enough. He is enough for you. He is enough for me. He is enough for all of us. Today's truth takeaways. We are supposed to have the mortal condition of weakness. Jesus Christ gave it to us. Christ gives us weakness so that we may be humble. We can't do this life alone. We need the Savior Grace is the enabling power of Jesus Christ to strengthen and help us. The grace of Jesus Christ is enough for you, enough for me, enough for us all. Humbling ourselves and having faith are actions of choice. If we choose to humble ourselves and have faith in Christ, he will make our weak things become strong. 
you can receive Christ's miracles and promises. Let's return to our first question. What is the personal message God has for you today? Is he inviting you to learn more about a specific truth, to make a change, or take a specific action? As you act on the truths that you have learned, greater power will come into your life, the power and strength to follow Jesus Christ. I can't wait to hear what you do. You can let me know on Facebook and Instagram at Armed With Truth Podcast. Keep coming back. Heavenly Father has so much more in store for you here on Armed With Truth. Thanks for joining me here today on Armed With Truth. As we learn truth together, we become more valiant disciples of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a stronger part of His battalion, and a truly sin-resistant generation.